Penguins fall down too much. Have you seen that video with just penguins falling over? It's about eight minutes of penguins falling over on YouTube. It's fantastic. <laughs> Each country owns like a slice of the pizza that is Antarctica. I used argy bargy on a uh, on a on an internal Slack. <laughs> and I am in fact wearing tiny little pants with anchors on them right now. Welcome to Tanuki Talks, or as I like to call it, Two Twits and a Brit, the podcast about customer success and all things GitLab. On this episode, remote work, but more specifically, remote only. Like the, the way to hurt a Star Wars fan is to get something about the prequels oh, that God. wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen the, uh, you know, the picture of uh, uh, the Dalek, you know, a Dalek is from Doctor Who, right? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. And, uh, you know, it's the, uh, oh, my God, it's R2-D2. I loved him in Star Trek. You know, you seen that? It's, yes. Yeah, it's just all the wrong, you know. Oh, there's one, oh, there's one like that that is, um, shoot, what is it? It's Gandalf and, oh. All right. Okay. You friends ready? Yes. All right. We have been recording for eight minutes. Okay. I'm going to clap <laughs> in your ears. And then once I clap. clap? Because then, I, I, then there's a nice big spike that I can see. Oh, I see. I guess All I right. could write down the time. That's another option. No, do a clap. It's fun okay. watching you. Ready? Okay. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good day to you all. Welcome to Tanuki Talks, a podcast about all things GitLab. My name is David Astor, and I'm a solution architect based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm on the customer success team at GitLab. As always, I am joined by two of the brightest luminaries in the GitLab universe, Luca and Brendan. Hi, I'm Luca. I'm a technical account manager at GitLab. I am based in Austin, Texas, but obviously you can tell I'm not from here. I am from Cambridge in the UK. Hi, my name is Brendan, and I manage our professional services group as part of the customer success team at GitLab. Uh, and I am both from and living currently in Annapolis, Maryland. Very boring compared to Luca. <laughs> <laughs> Comparatively speaking. So we, we took time to say where we live today. And why is that, Dave? What are we talking about today on the podcast? Well, today we're going to be talking about really the remote only, or, you know, basically the remote only culture at uh, at GitLab. Basically, we're a hundred percent remote company, and uh, we've got folks all over the world. I think, and you guys correct me, forty eight different countries. Forty one. Forty one. Forty one different countries. I'm I'm okay. anticipating new <laughs> hires. So people who are listening to this eventually want to come in droves, listening to uh, working at GitLab. But yeah, so forty one different countries, um, all over the world, all over the U S, Europe, wherever it is. And uh, yeah, so we wanted to just talk about that today and how we do that at uh, at GitLab. Someone didn't listen to episode one. That's someone's name, David, because we also corrected how many people live in how many countries. <laughs> <laughs> but but of of import, you can always find out at about.gitlab.com slash team where we list all 41 countries, which I can't name off the top of my head, but uh, but they're there. And suffice it to say, there's a map which shows you that they're on all of the occupied uh, continents. All s How many continents are there? Six? <laughs> In <seven>? the world? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not counting That's Antarctica. Terrible. We're good. Yes. Yeah. Not <laughs> counting Antarctica. I was trying to remember how many there were. But yeah, Why? other than Antarctica... There's a GitLab on every continent. Why doesn't that count as a continent? I would say it's not occupied full time by people, right? No one, no one lives there. I'm not saying it doesn't count as a continent. I'm just saying I was trying to differentiate that we don't have someone in Antarctica. Wait, so people live there part time? Correct. For what reason? Just go and hang out in 
Antarctica <laughs> so, for like a weekend. So scientific <laughs> research, right? So there's a lot of scientific research that's done down there. And then another fun fact is, do you know what country owns Antarctica? Ooh, I was Canada? about to get into that. There's a bunch of them that actually own claim to it. Yes. And starting at the South Pole, there is a radial section where each country owns like a slice of the pizza that is Antarctica. Don't you think it's bonkers that someone can own a continent? Imagine being somebody that's just like, yeah, I own a continent. I'm, well, I'm I mean, Australia kind of has has the market cornered on that. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much true. <laughs> and we have 10 GitLabers in Australia, so just trying to bring us back to the remote only because <laughs> we went off on a quite a tangent early which is a bad sign for the rest of the podcast well, you just you just write off all those people that live in Antarctica. i'm sure there's there's a couple of weirdos that live in antarctica permanently and by weirdos you mean quirky people that should work for gitlab how how would they get like I mean, stuff delivered to them <laughs> like what is the two-day delivery to antarctica how does that work <laughs> there's there's an amazon warehouse there no one lives there but there is an amazon warehouse in they have to use well, drones they use little drones to get to antarctica because it's like too put cold. it on penguins to swim there i'm not sure how that works but, uh, <laughs> penguins. Penguins, penguins fall down too much <laughs> Have you seen that video with just penguins falling over? It's about eight minutes of penguins falling over on YouTube. It's fantastic. I have. I have. I feel like, again, we're going to need to cut this part to the end of the podcast because it's way this off is, topic. This is quality content. I don't know what you're talking about. This is exactly what we signed up for. It's true. That's true. People knew what they were getting into. Well, so I have a good segue. Great. Actually, which I think means we can include all of that. Um, so obviously we're, we're a remote company. Um, I've never met David. In person i've only met brendan once and we've known each other for what seven months now i think you two have known yes. each other a little bit longer you can tell we've got a good friendship going on there's some good banter there's some good vibes happening in the in the collective rooms right now so you know remote working does work remote working is awesome i'm a huge advocate for it and that's partly why i joined this company yeah i mean i think it's it's interesting that technology enables it so well right like for those of you that aren't watching the podcast because you're just listening to it we're actually looking at each other even though we're all across the u.s right now um, because we do a lot of video calling at gitlab and that kind of helps build those friendships in a way that might not have been possible even you know five ten years ago uh, even though the internet was still a thing you know high quality bandwidth at, in large in in most areas was not and not that we've solved that for everybody but you can if you're right. near a major city probably get decent you know internet speed to then do be on video yeah, that's um, it's actually you know interesting you guys you brought that up because um, I was actually doing some research. Uh, I didn't research the last podcast you know about the countries, but I did some research for this particular podcast on um, you know remote companies, remote culture, how it works, how it fails at some other organizations. And um, um, oh, actually, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here, and uh, I wrote down the Harvard Business Review. So obviously, I did not go to Harvard. The <laughs> the Harvard Business <laughs> Review <laughs> so, um, actually did a thing where they uh, uh, a survey where they talked about like 1,100 different employees and talking about remote workers, how they feel shunned and left out uh, at at companies. And and I, I worked previously to uh, at GitLab. I worked at a, a prior excuse me a prior company. Um, where we had a, um, a probably, a, uh, I don't know, 30% of the company was remote. And Brendan mentioned a moment ago the technology. 
and part of this um, part of this uh, study was that things that could help with the remote culture, of course, is you know, face-to-face and voice-to-voice, you know, using internal things, using video chat, using things like Slack, you know, really getting people involved all the way across the board to uh, feeling included. Because at my prior company, we didn't really do so well at that. I mean, we had occasional calls and we had occasional talks, but it, it wasn't like what we do here at GitLab. Um, one of the things they also mentioned was you know, prioritize relationships with your employees and do things like, you know, water cooler time, which is great because we, every day, we talked about this in the last podcast, every day we have a a team or a a company call, which is fantastic, where we all just kind of just talk about what's going on. And we use it as like a water cooler just to discuss what's happening. So, I mean, going through that review, going through that study, it seemed like we're doing a lot of those things to really help uh, maintain this culture and make it work. Yeah, the the fact that we cultivate and nurture this culture that we have is something that I is the first time I I've, and I've working I've been working at, um in remote companies for about five years now and the first company I worked at it, it was primarily remote like we had a lot of people um mostly in Asia and India um but we had like a water cooler like sort of um I don't know I guess it was just a video channel that people could join but like no one ever bothered people just chatted on IRC and you know, you didn't really get to know people that well. Like we had Google Hangouts, but there was no kind of like guidelines around how to respect one another and respect each other's boundaries when it comes to like pinging people constantly and like just scheduling calls without talking to one another. We talked about this in the last podcast, so um, I won't go into that again. But um, but yeah, so I, I'm i interested actually on, on both of you, what are the things that you love the most about working from home, working sure. remotely? Brendan? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I I really do like it. And I think, again, it's we've almost glossed over it, but we haven't. We've covered it. It's important that we are remote only, right? Like, we do not have an office physically. When people ask, where is your office? I say, we don't have one. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, seriously, where is your main office? And I said, no, seriously. Um, <laughs> I mean, the CEO has an apartment in San Francisco where there's a room where board meetings happen. But other than that, <laughs> it's not really an office. That's just a room in his apartment. <laughs> Uh, and and other than that, we have you know 300 plus people in 300 plus locations, and and so to Dave's point, it's really important, and I think it's a great advantage. Uh, I was talking with our our CFO earlier today, uh, and he reminded me we're probably the second largest remote organization in the world. Uh, so the largest uh, is Automatic, who are the makers of WordPress. Right? Mm-hmm. They they are remote only, and I'm not sure how many employees they had. I think like a year ago or so, I heard it was like 650 or something like that. Uh, but and and actually, Matt Mullowig of Automatic is sits on our board, uh, and so that's really helpful for us because they have scaled a company like we're trying to do remote only. But but most folks do it in a less efficient way, right? And so I think one of the things I like, to get back to your question, Luca, one of the things I like most about it is this is my first remote job, right? And so unlike the two of you, I don't have really a lot of experience in other remote gigs. Uh, and I was a little concerned about that coming in because I'm very extroverted. I'm like extroverted enough that I would do a podcast. And <laughs> and uh, so I was really worried. I, I, I worked at one place for 10 years and I commuted uh, about 23, 25 miles each way. Uh, it was about 40 minutes on a good day, an hour on a bad day. Uh, both, you know, one just one way. So, you know, almost two hours of commuting a day. 
Uh, but I made lifelong friends at that company, and I was a little concerned about, is that really going to be a thing? And so I would say the thing I like working remote is working remote for GitLab. Like, I've heard <laughs> these other stories about folks that didn't have as good of a time remote because there was an office, and so the people in the office had one culture, and then the people outside the office had a different culture. Uh, I love that we care enough about remote only that we, we host remoteonly.org, right? It's a remote-only manifesto a la the Agile Manifesto. Uh, and, I mean, if you look, it's actually formed in a lot of a lot of the same ways the Agile Manifesto, manifesto is formed, you know, this over that, this over that. Uh, and, and so I think that that is important for me, uh, and I think that's a lesser-known benefit, right? Like, I think there's lots of other tactical benefits, but I think the fact that we focus so clearly on building a culture of GitLab remote and those two things are kind of interconnected uh, is is critical to me. All right. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is um, in my last comment, like the previous companies that I worked at just didn't really put any effort into nurturing that that culture that you just talked about. And that's actually a really good point. Like I love working remotely, particularly for GitLab, because GitLab does it really well. And there's a lot of time and energy and love that goes into making that culture work. Um, and yeah, I it it's it's very different because I think there's so many people who care about it. Like it's not just like we work at a remote company because it's remote or whatever. Like people here actually advocate for it because there are really good and healthy and positive reasons why remote working is actually better than than not working in an office than working in an office. Um and I think a lot of people don't work don't like working remote because there's kind of this stigma attached to the fact that you feel isolated or like whatever. Um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in there with um, uh, with that. The I mentioned you know prior that I worked at a company that had a remote presence. Um, you know, it was the office itself was was local to me. It was about 45 minutes away from my house, and so just like Brendan mentioned, yeah, there was a commute associated with that if I wanted to go into the office. Now I had um, I had some leeway there where I could work remotely if I wanted to, but I always had the option of going into the office and seeing people much like, uh, much like Brendan, you know, very extroverted, like to be around, like to, you know, uh, I like to be seen and heard. Um, so <laughs> I like to, uh, I like to go in there occasionally, you know, which is, which is great because we, we did these things at the office, um, where we had like, it was like a, a particular day of the month where we would have like the, uh, uh, the president's vice presidents give us like a, a update of how we were doing. It was one time, um, a month, but they would bring in lunch and they would just give, it was, it was kind of fun for all the employees to get together, all the, uh, the, um, I'm sorry, the local employees to get together to have, you know, lunch and, and just high five and laugh and joke with each other. Um, we did a lot of high fiving and, but in <laughs> order like to Apple. include, right, in order <laughs> to include, um, like the remote employees, they didn't really do anything for them. So it was like, they eventually set up a camera and they could log into the camera and they could see us eating. Well, that's not very <laughs> fun. Right. And they could just watch us eat. And then eventually yeah. the VPs would start talking, given their updates. Um, so I actually went to people ops and I was like, you know, could they at least, you know, expense their meal that day? <laughs> you know, so, and, and it didn't go anywhere because I, I really felt bad about the remote employees not taking advantage of it. So yeah. getting back to what I like so much about what 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 GitLab provides is, as you guys have both mentioned already, it's 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 really just the culture of it. it it's there's no opportunity for it to have an office to, to have that, um, you know, us versus them almost mm -hmm. kind of a, a mentality. Um, 
and I mean, and we said it prior, but it's like, it just affords me the ability to be so much closer to my family. I don't have to sit in traffic for, you know, 45 minutes in, in Atlanta yeah. traffic. If you ever know this place, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a phenomenal way I think of, of doing something. And I was, I was worried about it at first, but no, it's, it's actually been a great thing. Yeah, just on, on the traffic side, I think I was texting Brendan yesterday when I was on my way out to an, to an appointment because um, I was just sitting there in traffic for about, it took me 37 minutes to drive like 2.2 miles or something like that yesterday. It was outrageous. But Austin traffic is is just terrible. It's probably one of the worst things about this city. Um, it's, it's dying for someone to just build a tunnel underneath I-35 and and be done with it but um just ask boston how that goes (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like so that all these people are driving to work right like these people are contributing to like pollution they're stressed they don't get time with their families they're like sat in these little metal boxes for like two hours out of their day when they could be working and, and contributing and you know actually having some input rather than just sitting in a car um I don't know. I think there are probably some people out there that that enjoy that that sort of alone time. Um, but you know, you get alone time if you're a massive introvert like me and want to work at home all day. So, in, I am in fact wearing tiny little pants with anchors on them right now because I don't have to be in an office. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's one thing I want to actually bring up is um, um, oftentimes you could get um, into a uh, a rut where you know it's like I'm not going to be seen in an office with people so i can wear my sweatpants i can wear you know my tiny anchor pants whatever it is or i don't may not shower or shave today because i'm not going into an office you know that kind of stuff so i'm curious do, do you all approach going to work every day like you're going to an office or do you you know like well maybe i'll just you know not do it this day yeah i that's been something i've struggled with right like because it definitely is easy to get into that rut. And there's an amazing internet video that I'll add as a link on on the episode notes for this, but of, of a work at home person and they talk about changing from their their regular sweatpants into their work sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> and that just spoke to me so vividly this winter <laughs> when I was working from home for the first time. Yep. Uh, but so so yeah, I think it is better to try and keep those routines, but it can be hard to not. Um but I, I even with that, I think there's a lot of benefits. I mean, we, there's of course benefits like Luca was mentioning to your own sanity and health uh, in in terms of not driving that far. And just to just to up the the American machismo about uh, about traffic. I live in D.C. So thank you very much. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like, it seemed like the American thing to do when we're all, it's like the thing to do in America is like brag about how bad your traffic is in your city. Like <laughs> I live in Los Angeles. Well, I live in DC, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I had a cousin who would drive two and a half hours one way to get oh. to the, the food and drug administration every day. That's horrible. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's too much for years yeah. and years. Um, but so, so not only are you getting back that time personally and professionally, like those are just immediate benefits to you and I think to your company. Um, I, I think another thing, and we can get more into this later, but I, I, something I want to make sure we don't forget about is the way that we approach remote work and remote only, again, specifically, also encourages a lot of behavior that companies want but never really seem to get. Like they talk about a lot, like we should document everything. Well guess what? When you're remote only and you don't have somebody to pop in on and interrupt to ask a question, 
you literally have to document everything. Uh, and, you know, we should prefer asynchronous communication and we shouldn't interrupt people and we should care about res the results of your work versus the hours put in. Like, you just naturally, like, it's like a better way to run a company. Like I've, I, again, I was, I was in a management role in my past two roles and was in a management role in that, that place that I commuted to for, for, for 10 years so far away. And I don't know that I would have agreed as strongly as I do now with remote work. Like I definitely looked for that for me, but now as a manager, I'm like, I don't know why I would do anything else because it's so much more obvious the results that people are getting when you're not thinking about oh this person left at 4:30 and like you're just your just brain is naturally like judging them for that even though you might not want to um, it, right. it doesn't matter if you leave at 4:30 here because I'm going to see what you produced and what you've written down and what and what you get done right yeah results right. not input mm -hmm. yeah for sure like the I was going to say the um, on the interruption side of it that's actually one of the biggest reasons why i like working from home um because i get distracted really easily so i find that working from home i get so much more done because i don't have someone coming up to me and knocking on my desk on my shoulder or whatever and being like hey i need help with this hey can you answer this hey what do you know about this thing da, 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 da. and it's i, I worked at apple right <laughs> i worked in, in an apple store and i was the only person in the apple store to have my own desk which was in the middle of the genius room, right? So people used to, the people who worked there would just understand, would just figure out, sorry, what the code was for the door to get into the genius room and come in and the door was like maybe a foot away from my chair. So they'd open the door, bash on my chair, ask me something. And this would happen like every 10 minutes to the point where I actually had to write on a post-it, I'm busy and put it on my back. So people didn't talk to me anymore. I was like, I can't, I, I just can't, <laughs> I can't with this. And then, one other place I wanted to work, um, not sorry, not one place I wanted to work, one place I didn't want to work there, that I did work um, was the kind of office that, you know, you had to go in and you had to wear like smart clothes, like people were, wore shirts and ties or whatever just to sit in an office all day. Um, people were completely rude to you if you turned up like two minutes after 9am. And um, the other thing that I couldn't stand was that it, I, I need to be able to concentrate. So I need, like if I'm in an office, I need to be able to shut out noise like keyboards and printers and people talking or whatever. So I really wanted to listen to music, but they had a no headphones policy at this company. So I, I ultimately Crazy. left the company because of that. Re well, there were other reasons, but that was a really big one for me. Cause I was like, I just can't, I can't, it's too stressful working here. So this is a blessing being able to work from home for such a phenomenal company. Really, as I, I, I tell you, Graham, and I, I jump in with, uh, I want to go back to, to to one thing, you know, about uh, about getting ready for work every day. It's like, yeah, again, I'm, I'm guilty of, well, maybe I didn't, uh, I'm, I'm wearing a, a, a t-shirt and I've got a meeting coming up, something like that. So I actually keep a couple of shirts down here that I quickly throw on, like I'll put That's on like amazing. a collared shirt. Um, so I'll have like, you know, I don't know, sweatpants on or PJ pants on, and I'll just have a, um, in full disclosure, here we go, transparency, my interview with our CEO, Sid, I had PJ pants on and I had I, I quickly put a button shirt on because all we could see on the camera is, you know, like chest up. So it was like, that's, you know, there he goes. Very comfortable. That's amazing. Um, and why do, why do I not have like a polo shirt or a button down shirt down here? Yeah. I'm so now I just thinking, keep it here. Like, what I mean, you always look sharp though. I do. So I go. like to put on, I like to put on a polo shirt because that's what I used to wear into the office and it helps me remember that I'm at work. Right. So exactly. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, when I had my very first interview with um, Nadia, 
when I've, I I wasn't aware it would be a video call, right? I had no idea oh, no. it was going to be a video call. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty, um, it was pretty early because she's in um, South Africa. So mm -hmm. we're having, we're having to cross over crazy time zones. But um, yeah, I had no idea it was going to be a video call. So I joined it thinking it was just like a, a bridge or something like that because I hadn't used Zoom before. Um, and like just ended up being on camera and I was like, oh my god i haven't showered i'm wearing a beanie like i have my pajamas on i had to apologize i'm like i'm really sorry and she was like it's okay i see people with like all kinds of stuff in the background like bikes and whatever like pack i was like i literally have a bike right behind me that's funny <laughs> she was very forgiving and thankfully it worked out so you know to be fair to you two because you've probably never seen it this this where i'm sitting in my office in the basement right now is not where i interviewed intentionally i mean it's not bad but it's just it's not great i i actually my wife has a an office upstairs like just off our master suite it's very tiny little office uh but i painted the back wall and put up some like nice wood shelves for her on there and i was like i have to use your office for this interview because i because i had learned it was video and so uh, i'll have to get you a picture sometime maybe i'll put one on the on the page but it's like so much nicer than what you're looking at right now <laughs> that's funny that's funny i i i also so um you know talking about distractions talking about noises and stuff you know one thing you have to remind or i have to um uh do is when so part of my role is to uh, perform uh, demonstrations product tours of uh, of the product to uh, to prospects customers make sure they, they see the value of it but I don't want to be disrupted during that even in my own house so I'm showing them on camera but I'll read it out I have a sign that I put on the door every time it says please don't knock or ring bell it's quiet time so I hang that outside before I do every meeting that way you know delivery men lawn guy random girl scout cookies whatever it may be doesn't come and just you know uh ring the bell and uh and and, and cause issue so because <laughs> nothing's better than having that dog all of a sudden start barking you know when yeah. you're in the middle of a you know remote call or call like that so i i will say i do enjoy the fact that our our customer success director has these cute little dogs that just sit there like crying at her when she's <laughs> talking on calls because they want her attention it's my favorite right <laughs> speaking of crying little dogs wanting your attention i i have a similar method dave but it's it's slightly more technologically advanced, which will be surprising to you. Uh, I have, so I'm in the basement, no. as I mentioned, uh, and the kids don't really, I've got four kids, and they don't really have a reason to come down here, but, you know, they know I'm here and they want to see me. Uh, and so on the basement stairs, I screwed, unscrewed the, like, regular light bulb and put in a color-changing light bulb, oh and then God. I hooked it up to my Alexa, so I can say, like, Alexa, turn the basement stairs red. That's and awesome. My it. mind is blown. Yes. You're basically Howl from Howl, Howl's yes. Moving Castle. Have both of you seen that? <laughs> no, I have not. This <laughs> little door thing like changes depending on... Anyway, I'm not going to go yeah, into so, it, but it's amazing. So my kids, thankfully, got uh, their mother's gene when it comes to following the rules. <laughs> she, she's very much a rules follower, and, and so far the kids are too. They're still pretty young. We'll see how that works in the teenage years. Uh, but I told them, like, look, it's a stoplight. It's red, yellow, green. Like, if it's red, you can't come down. Like, right now it's red because we're podcasting. Uh, That's great. And, you know, if somebody gets hurt or, you know, something's wrong, of course they'll come get me. But if you just want to come down and hang out with Dad and, and poke him in the back of the head while he's talking on a call, uh, <laughs> then don't do that. And then, and then whenever my uh, – of relevance, when I forget to do that and someone does walk in on a call, like an interview that I'm doing or a customer call – 
I always just I just lean into the curve, lean into the slide, and I just say, "Oh, look, you're getting the full GitLab experience." This is one of my children entering the room. <laughs> exactly. I, I just call it the full GitLab experience. <laughs> I can't wait until your your youngest starts walking. I feel like that's going to be a game changer for you. Uh, I just have this feeling about her. <laughs> she she's feisty. Her initials are CEO, yes. and uh, she's she's showing it already. So. <laughs> And, and what's great about what Luca just said is that you know, she can't wait for that because we'll see that because, again, yep. we constantly keep up to date with what's going on in, you know, not just our small little team, but GitLab as a whole, right, over the 41 countries. Uh, we all, you know, people just tell their stories and show pictures of kids and talk about what it is. So, yeah, we'll absolutely see all that. So that's fantastic. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like, because that's not necessarily something you would see if you worked in an office together, right? You're not going to meet people's families. You're not going to know anything about them outside of what they are like in that office, unless they you go out to like your Christmas do or whatever. Um, and on, I mean, be honest. Like most Christmas do's when you're on when you work in an office are a little bit naff. I have to be honest with you. First of all, we're going to need so much explanation for Christmas do. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going. Thanks. <laughs> and. NAF, I think I got from context clues. I don't mean I got Christmas due, but I'm going to need Luca. This is the, this is the part of the podcast called Luca teach us teaches us British. Yeah. A, well, a Christmas due is just like I didn't even. So I don't even think about these things when I say them. I said knackering to you earlier, and you were like <laughs> furiously Google. Oh, so <laughs> so confusing. Again, context helped a little bit, but I like to learn all the British slang I can, so that I can then misuse it and and make you angry. <laughs> a Christmas do is like a Christmas party, right? When you go to a do, it's just a fancy event. Is it um, do? Is that a, it's the do? Do, yeah, just a do. So is there is there some difference between a do and a party, or are they completely interchangeable? They're completely interchangeable. Okay, so it's not like a formal party is a do, or yeah, no, a formal party could be a do too. Like a do covers many many things, um, and then. Naff is just a really, that's a bit of a 90s word, I feel like. Um, that's that's kind of something that, um, it just means a bit rubbish, a bit pants, but that's another one. You've, you've both recently learned what pants are. We so did learn that. I, thankfully, Luca taught Dave and I what pants are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, because you saw me running around trying to find my other exactly, headphones before we started this podcast. And it was pants, because you couldn't find them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, see, you were ac that's an accurate uh, contextual use of that word. Um, what was the other word you were asking about? Oh, knackering. Are you were talking to me about? I was. I said knackering to you, and I basically it just means tired. Like it's kind of a little bit more of an excessive version of tired. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Lesson yeah, of the that's day. awesome. I, I think that could be another section in the uh, like you know Luca Lab or something like that. We could do something where we just learn you know uh, slang or whatever. Like the other day, what did I use? I used RG Bargy on a uh, oh on a God. on an internal Slack. <laughs> I've literally never said that before in my life. <laughs> She's even so, refusing to say it now because she knows I'll grab it and and use it against it's so her great. in the future. That's yep, amazing. I'm not, That's amazing. I'm not saying things like that on here. All right, fine. I taught Julia what pip pip meant the other day. Like pip pip cheerio. Pip pip. Yeah. It was, we were watching Harry Potter uh, actually, and Dumbledore said, "Off to bud, pip pip," and she was like, "What does that mean?" So I explained. She was very happy about Righto. it. Righto. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know the first British thing that I learned when I was working? Because not only is this my first remote company, but I, I've, I've worked for companies that had some international presence before. But again, I think 
being being fully remote, we're, it's our desire to hire as internationally as possible. And we have a lot of folks in the United States, but not more than half, I would say. I mean, I'm not sure exactly. Um, and the first British thing that I learned uh, is for England, which is now like my favorite thing to say. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe I've never said it to you, but it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good phrase. That's a good. Like that is that. like then you're fully British if you know how to use that, right? I feel like I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna how would one? It. How would one use that? I uh, I suggest everyone listening, um, and both of you, to Google a cheeky Nando's, <laughs> and I'm not going to explain it. I'm just going to let you go and Google that, and and then maybe uh, maybe you can try and translate it for yourselves. <laughs> but I understand every word, but most people who aren't from the UK have no idea what that says. Say it one more time, the cheeky what? A cheeky Nando's. Okay. Nando's is a chicken restaurant. Yeah. That's the only um, clue I'm going to give you. Uh, we do know that because <laughs> we have those in America. Do you in, really? In the colonies, we have Nando's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with Nando's, so I'll have to check I that have, out. I, we so. have Nando's, Nando's Perry Perry or something like that, right? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. The spicy chicken. Yes. Yes, it's a like por- Portuguese. It's a Portuguese restaurant or Portuguese style restaurant. Oh, I have no idea. I've never seen it. I don't know if it's very Portuguese over in the UK. It doesn't seem it at all. But um, I'm sure that <laughs> it may have come from somewhere else. Um, but yeah, uh, while we're on the topic of food, actually, um, I'm actually allergic to chicken. So the fact that I get to eat food at home and not have to worry about—I mean, I guess I could take in a packed lunch or whatever. Like I'm. Um, 10 years old but um i i can just eat whatever i want to eat at home and i don't have to worry about my allergies or anything like that um and it's cheaper usually than eating out all the time so that's another perk of being able to work from home would you say your stomach gets all argy bargy if you eat chicken no i would not it It was a good try it was a nice attempt we'll get her to say it we'll get it to say it it'll happen um (laughs) <laughs> that's great yeah no I, I that is another great uh part of it is like again you're spending money to commute you're spending money to i mean again even if you try to be really good and pack a lunch which is like have a pack lunch but an american speak do were you laughing at me <laughs> saying that too is that not something you say a, here? a pack a pack lunch would not be a thing packed, packed. oh a packed lunch oh. okay Past okay tense. we wouldn't say it that way but it's fine a lunch that is packed yeah. That's what I guess that's not right either, but packed a lunch. I packed a lunch. Yeah, so same thing. Yeah, it brought my lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're David. really we're really digging into it now. Uh, <laughs> just turning the screw. <laughs> no, but, but but like even if even if you try to be good about that, you know, you've got coworkers that are like, "Hey, we're going to Nando's, Perry Perry, let's go!" Like, and they're like, "What's Nando's? I thought that was British." And then you're like, "Out the door, right?" <laughs> um, <laughs> Right, and so then you end up eating worse. You end up, uh, you end yeah. up doing all, all those other things. Oh, and you drink terrible office coffee all day, mm-hmm. and it's never, it's never good. Office coffee is never good. I had good office coffee once, but it was because I was in charge of the office, and I. So we we were a small company. We started with K cups because like not everybody drank coffee, and so it was just most people didn't drink coffee. So we never had like a brew coffee mug. We had K cups. But then we grew and didn't think about coffee much more. 
And then we were spending like thousands of dollars a month in freaking gay cups. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I started looking. I was thinking about getting like a full-blown espresso machine, a couple thousand, four thousand bucks. And it was going to be pay, pay for itself. Um, but then I keep looking and I find this machine from Starbucks. So it's Starbucks, but it's distributed through like the bean distributors. And this thing is like an automated French press. So you put beans in the top and it grinds them. You, it has a touch screen uh, and it and it grinds them. They're laughing because I'm talking <laughs> with my hands. <laughs> and you can like select, you know, like you can do a mix or you can select one of the beans that are there. And it, it grinds the beans live and it... <laughs> it now they're making fun of me talking with my hands <laughs> and then it has like a french press that's like automated right it has like a filter paper that it moves every time for every cup a little trash can below and i literally made a spreadsheet which again won't surprise anyone on the on the podcast oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured out i figured out that with bean cost versus k cup cost versus this thing that if it it because you had to call them to get the price on the thing and i was like if they lease it to me for $350 a month or less, I will make money on this deal. And this thing looks awesome. And the thing cost to lease $40 a month. Because what they want to do is they want to get you on the bean program where you have to buy the beans from them. And so, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep talking. So after I left that company, someone <laughs> took a picture of our one of our admin assistants who I loved and hired, and, and she was great, uh, for her birthday. And I said, oh, look, it's my favorite employee of this company. And people were like, oh, that's cute. I was like, no. And I zoomed into the mirror behind her where the Starbucks machine was there. (laughs) (laughs) I miss you so much, Starbucks machine. Sorry. (laughs) Long stories with Brendan. Right after Luca teaches us British. (laughs) Brendan, um, can you say coffee again? Does, is it a Baltimore accent coming through? Oh, no. <laughs> yes. It, coffee talk? Coffee? Well, that's a little bit more New coffee? York, but I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not from here. I'm, I'm not from It sounded the like... It, oh, mercy me. I keep forgetting I'm in the it, colonies. It, it really <laughs> sounded like that... Uh, <laughs> That was a full-on bean feast at your uh, at your previous. Uh, oh, I, you know, I, I thought had, about that I while he was say saying it. it. <laughs> See, the rest of GitLab is gonna now. Well, actually, I say that no one in GitLab is going to have typed bean feast <laughs> apart from Brendan or anyone pretty much on this call. But if you have, if you type bean feast into Slack, you will get a surprise. That's all I'm what I'm going to say. And well, let's 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 bring it back to what you're just you know, mentioning. So you type in the Slack. That's the other thing about you know being remote. Um, we kind of have just freedom to update our Slack channel, create any channel that makes sense for us, right? So if we want to have a commentary about, I don't know, the World Cup just happened. So we created a channel for the, the World Cup. If we want to talk about uh, whatever it is, you know, you can create a channel on that and just invite people or people just get interested and stumble upon it and just jump in. So there's all manner of communication that happens with that. So I, I find that part fascinating. And that can be sometimes a little bit of a rabbit hole to go down because you, know, you can get, uh, uh, like I'm looking at my Slack channels right now as we're talking and like, there's new messages is popping in and popping as as, I'm, as we're talking, and uh, so that can be a bit sometimes uh, a bit distracting. But yeah, it's it is a great part about uh, remote only having those communication channels. Good segue, David. Thank you, Luca. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, Slack is Slack is great. I think Slack is probably one of the most like core things of how we work at, at GitLab. Um, I'm a big fan, and I I agree with that. I, it's really cool how we can make our own channel. Like we're not restricted by by admins or anything like that. We can just go ahead and make a channel if we want to to talk about 
whatever the heck we want. Um, and there's currently a couple of channels because we're going to our summit in a few weeks, which I'm so, ex I can't believe it's so soon. It's in like, what, just over two weeks. Um, so, but we have two channels. I think it's just two um, because so many GitLabbers are going to end up on the same flights to the summit, right? So we have channels just for the people who are on those flights and I'm super stoked about it. It's already exciting. Yeah, so that is really exciting. And and I would just say to you two that this is your first summit, that that is really useful when you're coordinating in the airport to just be like, hey, where is everybody? <laughs> uh, and and uh, I had to run through Charles de Gaulle Airport to make my plane for the last one. So, But summit is an interesting thing. I just want to like tell the podcast listeners that don't know what that is. Uh, so part of the benefits of being remote only is you don't pay a bajillion dollars a month, and that's exactly how much it costs to have real estate in San Francisco, one bajillion, uh, <laughs> for an office. Uh, but again, you know, a downside of that is unless you work really hard at it, which we do, it's hard to get to know people uh, on a personal level. And so once every nine months, uh, we get together as a company somewhere in the world uh, the week after I joined, it was in uh, Crete, Greece, and this year it is in uh, Cape Town, South Africa. Pre prior to that, before I joined, it was in Cancun, Mexico, and in Amsterdam, and I think that's all of them. Uh, oh, wait. <coughs> no. Oh, I missed it's Austin, Texas. Texas. Oh, yeah, it's one in Texas. Texas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was the first one, wasn't uh, it? Austin? I don't remember the order. About.getlab.com slash culture slash summit so you can find out. Uh, <laughs> not that I know it. But there's also a countdown there. So just so you know, it's 21 days, 14 hours, 58 minutes, and 10 seconds until summit right now. That's fantastic. I'm so That's excited. fantastic. Total bucket list to go to South Africa. I'm really excited about that. Um, and you know what's what's also really neat about that. Again, as Brenda just mentioned, this is this is going to be you know uh, Lucas and mine first. Lucas and mine hour, whatever, uh, first uh, summit, yeah, uh, our first summit. And, you know, what's what's neat about it is we were talking about what happens at the summit and work just can't stop, right? Because all of us or the vast majority of us are going, um, you know, to, uh, to the summit. So work just can't stop. So, you know, number one about remote work is just work from anywhere you want, right? So, you know, even, even if we weren't doing summit, we've got people that just go on, if they, they want to take their families on a five-week sabbatical somewhere, they'll bring their computer with them and they can work from wherever they are. There's no, there's nothing stopping them from doing so as long as they've got, you know, internet connectivity or ability to do what they need to do from from there, they can work where they need to. So yeah, we're going to have some sessions where we're just talking amongst the other group, but uh, we're still going to be working, you know, while we're there, which is really cool. You know, the whole company can still do what they need to do from wherever they need to be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You get to you get to travel, you get to enjoy life, you get to do things that normally you would have to. I mean, particularly in America, right? You get what like three days holiday or something. <laughs> if in you're America, lucky, in those companies. Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, and it's also there's there's coming from England. There's a cultural difference, right? Where American folks, it's almost frowned upon, like to take that allocated. I think it's two weeks. You get two weeks holiday, like official. Is so in America, there is no required. Well, in the the United States of America, federal government does not require any paid vacation time. Uh, so there are some That's states outrageous. that do, are you... which are the size of your countries over there or Europe. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> um, but so there's some <laughs> states that do. Um, I would say traditionally companies provide two to four weeks of paid time off. Right. So you get four weeks as standard, 
in England, including your bank holidays, right? But like you also have, I think you can have um, pretty much up to a year of um, maternity leave if you need it. Like there's much better paternity um, benefits and whatnot that are over there as well. Like there's just, it's weird coming over here. Because, and I think it all comes from the fact that there is such a heavy workaholic mm -hmm. mentality, yep. Yep. right? Whereas, and that's something I've been thankfully lucky enough to pretty much avoid since working here because the company that I used to work at was actually based in um mostly based in England and then had offices in Massachusetts as well but um so it was a pretty UK kind of kind of mentality company um but yeah the fact that I don't have that we don't have to worry about that sort of I don't know like having to be in an office you only have like so many days a year where you're allowed to not be in that office like you know and even things like I have, I'm, you're, you're learning a lot about how fussy I am, but like, I don't like really cold temperatures, right? So unless I'm sleeping, but like, I don't like really cold temperatures. So when you go to an office, you don't have control over the air conditioning. Like in England, you would sit there and it would be cold outside and you'd go in and people would put the air conditioning at like 17 degrees Celsius. And I'm just like, I need a radiator under my desk. I have actually used radiators under my desk before, like little storage heaters. Yeah. Um, just to keep uh, yeah, we had warm. a bunch of those in an old office uh, that awful. I used to work in. And technically it was against the lease to have them, but like people, people did right. it. And it's crazy. All right. Well, I think... Um, I think we're coming to the end of our time box for this. So where should people go to learn more, Luca? If they want to learn more about how GitLab uh, does remote only, um, where do you think they should go? I, I would send them to remoteonly.org. I'd send them to our blog. Any, anywhere Definitely else? our handbook. Mm -hmm. like that. Exactly yeah, right. I mean, all, all um, of those work. There is, um, if you Google the oatmeal working from home, that's a pretty <laughs> fun resource. <laughs> Um, I'm not. I didn't suggest that. Shh. Let's. It's up to you if you Google it. It's not. I do. I do not have any. Uh, anyway. Uh, affiliation <laughs> with. Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of true. Yeah. At the same yeah, time. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I think we've. I think we've covered quite a few things. Um, we'll probably talk more about this on other podcasts. But um, thank you both of you for joining me on this conversation today it's been great um our vp of product actually has his own remote working podcast right so it might be a good little shameless plug for him too while we're on here what's it called brendan you probably know what it is it's called the remote work podcast okay and very soon an episode well probably by the time this episode comes out it's already out but i was actually on uh yob's remote work podcast talking about the negative sides of Ooh. remote work uh, having a family at home. so That's something we didn't cover it's today. Good. Maybe another topic for another day. Sounds good. I think it, suffice it to say, it's a net positive, but uh, but it's not all uh, unicorns and rainbows. Speak for yourself. <laughs> so no, I think, yeah, I actually no, I have my it. own unicorn. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> the, um, yeah, no, it's been, this has actually been, been some great stuff. Again, just really reiterating and just reinforcing, you know, just the, the great culture that we have uh, here. So um, I'm glad they allow us to do this. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, well, maybe we've got one more before the summit. I think we do, actually. Um, because, yeah, looking forward to actually, Luca mentioned, you know, finally meeting in person. You know, Brendan and I have met 
Um, actually, we're uh, uh, traveling together soon, but uh, looking forward to actually meeting Luca in person and and um, you know seeing how tall. That's the one thing we don't know how tall anybody is. That is a and critical so thing, thing, thing that we missed. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Sorry, I should point that out here at the end. Um, you know, when you, all you see somebody sitting in a chair the whole time, right, right, you know, um, you know, you don't get to see that. So when you actually meet him in person, it's kind of fun to see how actually tall somebody really is. So there yeah, you I are. have no idea how tall David is because he won't tell me. I won't tell you until we meet. So there you go. It's much more I reckon funny. he's tiny. I reckon that's why he doesn't want to tell me. He's like four foot he's eight. He's four foot seven. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thanks. It's not Thanks. true. No, no. Yeah, it's look at him true. sitting on his booster seat. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> How did you know? God. Although, I don't know. You could that's be true. standing up, right? Like, I'm looking at you and you're in your mm -hmm. camera kind of angle, right? You have a piano behind you right now. Ooh, the piano could help. Yeah. for Piano for scale, if so you will. Are you... Okay, so you're sitting. There's a chair behind you. You gave that way. So you're actually quite... No, I'm, I'm standing in front oh, of the okay. chair. <laughs> so. so I'm taking a guess and maybe say you're about five foot nine. You'll have no. to find out. I will. I'm gonna, I will. No. Stay tuned to the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we'll reveal everything. So. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. All right, everybody. Take care. Bye now.